we all want to be happier. But how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am beyond excited because I get to bring back on two of my favorite guests, Keiko, Sarah. Welcome back to the show. So happy you're here. Oh, we're so happy to hear your voice. (laughs) Socially distanced, but we're still together, which is great. I was just saying before we hit record how I could totally be fine doing quarantine as long as I could still get adjustments. (laughs) Us too, us too. (laughs) I was thinking, I'm like, I'm so jealous. They just get to get adjusted all the time because they have each other. So I was like, Brian, you get to learn how to do nervous system adjustments on me. That'd be great. But we anyway. could train him. Yeah, yeah just get a little workshop. I think he'd prefer if I learned to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is exciting. So today's topic, I mean, what's today? May 15th, which is so mm-hmm. wild. It's wild to think of how much life has been lived in this like time. I feel like I feel personally like time warped from from March to now, like I just sometimes I'm like, what just happened? And I'm sure other people might feel like this has been the longest couple months of of their life. So everyone's in these different stages, but it is May 15th. And in Arizona, if you're listening to this in Arizona, businesses are opening again. Things are, people are coming out of their turtle shells and they're sticking their necks out. And to me, there's this part of like integrating into back to our our lives. And I don't want to say back to how things were because I don't think things will be how they were necessarily, which isn't a bad thing because it's part of growing and evolving. But when I think of integration, I think of kinfolk because that's what, what you do for people is help integrate their emotions through their nervous system and help them process stored stress and energy. So I was like, who, who can I ask about this? And I was like, oh, of course. Duh. So that's why we're here today. So thank you for being here. Yeah, we're so happy. Yeah, yeah. well, you have the platform to help people integrate this in a virtual way. So <laughs> thank you. So how, I mean, how have you been handling this? I mean, I, I had a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago. We called this, she called it the great big pause. And I couldn't mm. agree more because it really has been a pause. And, and that's what you teach at Kinfolk is slowing down and not go, go, go. And I know you have called me out on it. Well, sometimes I come in to get an adjustment and my nervous system is like, lit up and I'm go, go, go. And this time has been a time for people to really slow down and and be present and reflect and where they're at. Uh, So how have you been managing this time? Yeah, you'd almost think we were part of the quarantine. Like we love that everything is slowing down. Um, You know, it's just a time for adaptation. And I think in the beginning, we didn't really know what to expect. And everyone just I think everyone had their own personal opinions about what was going on, but there was a lot of information out there. And um, yeah, I think we just had to adapt to what was happening on a global level, on a social level, a cultural, a health level mm-hmm. um, as doctors. So 
we've been adapting well, I think, considering everything and being business owners ourselves. That was my next question. Like as a business owner, like what, how, how did you pivot and how did you handle the news that you had to close indefinitely? Yeah, it was a big, it was a big decision and it might not have looked like a big decision, but for us, you know, we chatted with a couple clients and just took a gauge from our community and talked to our mentors and other coaches. And it just seemed like the best thing to do to respect what was going on. Um, so it was a pause. It was a pause for us. And I call it more hibernation. Like we kind of just went to hibernation mode, mm-hmm. um, which is a very natural mode to be in. So we tried to just see things as this is temporary and it's just part of the cycle that we're going through. And I think if we can adapt to it and find some awareness in what's going on, that we'll just become stronger from it. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? And I think, you know, the work that we do prepares you for these things. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, life is filled with challenges. Mm-hmm. And so it's the work that you're doing on a daily basis where we were forced to close our doors and I didn't react in a way because of all the work that we've done. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're in a very fortunate place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to take a step back and do a lot of internal work, slow down ourselves, work on content behind the scenes, see how we can serve our clients in a different way. But life is variable and mm-hmm. it's about being able to ebb and flow and stay in a state of coherence where you can integrate it. Mm-hmm. Because when stress happens, it can disassociate, right? And you compartmentalize and you don't integrate it. And then that's what lingers in the system. So for us, it's just, it's part of life. It's what we've been preparing for. It just happens to be a quarantine. Mm -hmm. I I love that you said that about this is, I mean, this is why we do this work. And I, I felt very similar. I felt like... I was born for this. I felt like it was kind of a Super Bowl for me. I was like, this is what I've been training for. This is why I meditate. (laughs) This is why I journal. This is what, like, I was, you know, I was up for it. And I've taken on a whole different challenge in this time because I'm very grateful to be, you know, everybody's impacted on a different level. um, And the impact for me was indirectly. So I took it upon myself to really like show up for myself in that way and not Mm -hmm. fall a victim to the circumstance. So I'm so glad you said that because I I agree a hundred percent. Something that I did notice because it is true when stress happens, you compartmentalize. I noticed reverting back to bad habits that I thought were like, gone, which never really (laughs) go away. But like the first week in particular, I was like glued to my phone, not necessarily the news because I'm never really like glued to the news. Like I, you know, I pay attention at a distance, but just social media, which I had worked so hard on breaking that habit. And then that first week I had told myself, I was like, well, you got to stay connected. You got to know what everyone's up to, like blah, blah, blah. Like you don't want to miss out like FOMO, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I, by Friday, I was like toast. Like I was completely <laughs> just like, Ugh, like, and it was just interesting because I was wondering like what that had to do with what was going on of just not dealing with the stress. So like letting it show up or manifest in a bad habit. Right. And I think that, you know, our nervous system likes predictability and certainty. Mm-hmm. And we went into this time where we can't predict anything and we can't Mm -hmm. be certain about anything. So that cues our nervous system danger, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it activates that amygdala because it, 
you know, people think of it as like the alarm system. It's more of like a match mismatch mm-hmm. process happening in the nervous system. So nothing's matching. So it's going to create all these cues of danger within your physiology and you resort to habits, emotional reactions, right? Because mm-hmm. it's shutting off your prefrontal cortex. You literally cannot think rational thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's just based on, it goes back to your biology, just mm-hmm. going based on bad habits. Right. So really it's about working on establishing a new baseline so that if you were to get triggered, it's not such a negative habit, mm-hmm. right? And elevating that. Yeah. Um, that baseline, but also having more variability where you can manage the cues mm-hmm. and there's not as many things. However, I mean, this is such unprecedented times, right? right. Everything was, we've never seen anything like this mm-hmm. before. So mm-hmm. how everyone responded, or I should say reacted, reacted. tells you so much about their physiology, mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I found that fast because I was, I, 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 because of the work that I've done on myself, I was aware of it. And I was like, oh, this is funny. Like I was aware of it. (laughs) And I wasn't being hard on myself or judgmental. I was just aware. And then I changed it. So I was like, oh, you're just, this is how you're processing this. Because it's like the primal brain was like, give me pleasure. Like this is so uncomfortable, you know. And and that uncertainty with, you know, the, the part of our brain that wants to plan, you can't plan. Yeah. everything's canceled, right? Like, so it just kind <laughs> of went into that place. So I thought I found that really fascinating um, the first week. And then I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go. Like I had that moment and then I buckled up and changed that behavior. But I found that fascinating. And I'm sure other people that might be listening might be reflecting on the beginning stages and they're like, oh, interesting. Because yeah, if yeah. you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we even experienced that we're so used to getting this input. Mm-hmm. And now that we weren't getting it, we were getting it in different ways. So you start to look at other ways to get it. Yeah. And that puts us in our phones. It puts us in this virtual world where we just mm-hmm. need information, information. Mm-hmm. And I think I can speak from this personally. It's just, I forgot how to just be here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just be with myself. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes with the training, but it's it's tough when you kind of get kicked off the horse a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it does, it builds the the resilience because, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I, I mean, this is a global pandemic, global trauma, like that everybody's going through collectively, which I think is like something that's so special and unique about this. Uh, but, you know, throughout our life, there's going to be more uh, crisis, whether it's global or not. So it's like learning from these times of how to apply, how we handled them. So the next time there's a crisis, you're like, Oh wait, I know that pattern. Let me, let me switch that or, or change that. So it's just fascinating. It's just the nervous system is so like the more (laughs) you've taught me about it, the more I'm aware, like I can like feel it within, um, day-to-day life. So it's, it's, awesome and crazy all at the same time. Yeah. And I want to emphasize you can change the patterns, Yes, right? Yes. You can look back in your life and you can see certain mm-hmm. triggers and certain, I know for myself, I, when I used to get triggered, I would just shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't do mm-hmm. that anymore because mm-hmm. the nervous system is so plastic. We can change it. Mm-hmm. So that's the coolest thing is starts with the awareness, right? Totally. So, yeah. It does. And I have clients ask me, they're like, okay, so how do I change it? And I'm like, <laughs> awareness, like we're talking about it. This is, this is awareness. And when you know what triggers you or what the cue is, that's how you, you change it. 
Like right. if, if there's no trigger, then it doesn't have, you don't get the, the response and you don't act and then you don't get the reward or whatever comes from that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So talking about like integration, because now it's like time, like I said, that we're coming out of our, some of us are coming out of our turtle shells and others <laughs> are chilling, which is fine. Like everybody's having their own experience. Um, but for someone that's like uncomfortable right now and doesn't know what to do or how to act or is feeling weird, like what advice would you give them of just like integrating back into like day-to-day life? I would tell them to start with the awareness. It's redundant. It's so simple, but again, it that's so key. And it really comes down to like individual responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So when you go out into the world, it's up to you to be able to maintain your state or maintain coherence within your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling uneasy, take note of what is it that's mm-hmm. making you feel uncomfortable. What are the cues of danger in your in your environment or in your body? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, what are the cues for safety, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what's going to allow you to integrate and feel this sense of safety is you can have 100% control over that. You can have control over everyone else. Um, but if you can sort of design your experience where you feel safe, mm-hmm. then integration will be easier and you won't get kicked into a state of uh, fear or anxiety or that sympathetic nervous system or that dorsal nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, the first the first thing you do is you become curious and mm-hmm. you become aware, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. just reflect on what was my cue for danger because some my nervous system picked up on something mm-hmm. where it automatically fired a danger signal to my body, and I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. I know it's so fascinating. I was having this conversation with a client today, actually, about how <laughs> your brain doesn't know that the danger that you're feeling from an email is different than a danger that you're feeling from like a bear or a tiger coming your way, which right. I mean, I, but the chances of a tiger coming at you, unless you're, you know, um, not watching Tiger King, but you're visiting one of <laughs> yeah. the places in Tiger King, it's very slim to none. So, but your mind doesn't know the difference. So hearing you say that, it just makes, it does make so much sense of like, you're perceiving this danger, but it's not really putting you at danger, but your body is responding in that way. Right. And I think it's sort of this paradox that's going on too, in that we're social creatures. Mm -hmm. You know, the moment you're born, you look for someone Mm -hmm. to help you regulate, right? Mm -hmm. We're so dependent on other people to help regulate our hearts, regulate our nervous systems. Yet we're in this culture where other people are not safe, Mm -hmm. right? So it's creating this paradox that Mm -hmm. you have to navigate and it's highlighting whether you can self-regulate or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's becoming so apparent in our society right now is there's so many people struggling with self-regulation. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things that you can do to help to teach yourself and to train your nervous system to maintain coherence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why you probably looked to your phone because it gave you a sense of regulation. Mm-hmm. And right. community can do that in a virtual way, but at the end of the day, this is going to challenge to see where everyone is and can you co-regulate or can you self-regulate by yourself mm-hmm. and then be prepared to go out and co-regulate with everyone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a self-responsibility, but it's also 
so much bigger than that. Right. You know, this is how we plan to engage with, with each other in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think there's, yeah. Well, so what, what were you going to say? Well, like, what are the ways to self-regulate? Like, besides looking at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, that's one of the habits, right? Like, it gave you a sense of security that maybe you thought would put you at ease, but in a, in a way, subconsciously, it probably created more anxiety and uncertainty for you. So I think when you look at self-regulation, you can practice meditation, you can do introspective things, you can do body awareness, or just simply becoming aware. Mm -hmm. And the triggers that do happen, I think it's important to feel where you feel it in the body, Mm -hmm. because that connects that trigger. And then when you feel what you're feeling and become aware of that, you can kind of unpack it in a way or realize that that trigger isn't really the stressor or the stimulus that it once was before. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as experience. It's just highlighting those areas in the nerve system. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting adjusted is a great way to self-regulate. And, you know, there's so many ways, as long as you're turning inward on the body and becoming aware of this beautiful thing that we have, and there's so much that we don't understand about it, but when you get in touch with that or you move into the heart center, it's really amazing for the body and it helps create that self-regulation. So what do you, what do you think about how our thoughts control our self-regulating and how we feel and, and react to circumstances because circumstances are neutral, right? They're, they're not negative or positive. They just are what they are. They're facts. Uh, But what happens is the thought we're having about the circumstance creates that feeling. So how does someone self-regulate when they feel that they don't have a thought and they just feel a certain way, but our feelings always come from something that, that we're thinking, whether we are conscious of it or we're not. Well, I think it's beautiful. If you are aware of the feeling, you are halfway there. Right. Because most people would just get the trigger and then they have the result or consequence. Right. They're and in a bag of chips or they're in their phone. Yeah, or- they're right. in a bag yeah. of chips. They're <laughs> gone. They're already there. They're already in regret and guilt. But if you can feel the feeling, you are halfway there because now you can take that feeling and understand how it actually makes you whole mm-hmm. and how it's part of you. And mm-hmm. it might be playing some belief systems that you can start to unpack. Mm. Not everyone can feel that immediately and like break out their journal and write, well, I feel this. And Mm. this reminds me of that. Like you can't unpack all that at once, but now that you have the download and that insight, you can take it one step further and Mm -hmm. say, well, how am I somatically experiencing this? And can I step out of that and see it from a different perspective and lens? Mm. And I think when you go to a different perspective, not this, internal, external, or external world, but you go more from this holistic, like, this is what makes me whole. Mm. If you get angry, it's not like you should be like, I don't, I shouldn't feel angry. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can feel angry, but once you know that you feel angry, you have the ability to transform it. Mm. Yeah. You probably have great keys to that too. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to know that the thoughts and your feelings when you're looking at a certain situation is through a certain filter mm-hmm. right it's like our our window or our sunglasses that we're wearing so if you're feeling fear that's just one i like to think of it as like three options that you're choosing to listen to mm-hmm. so i map the nervous system um this is all by stephen porter's it's the polyvagal theory but mm-hmm. it's people think of two divisions to the nervous system the sympathetic and the parasympathetic um but there's this 
hierarchy and there's this new evolution of our nervous system which is the social engagement nervous system so we call that ventral it's the ventral portion of the vagus nerve Mm. so it creates this hierarchy of the ventral and then you have sympathetic and then you have dorsal also part of the vagus nerve so all these three different states are going to tell a different narrative Mm. so if you're living within ventral you'll feel feelings of connection, you'll feel feelings of safety, of creativity, of inspiration, because you're socially engaged, you feel safe. It's Mm. like the home of safety. Mm -hmm. Whether if you're living in sympathetic, you're going to feel feelings of fear, anxiety, it's that fight or flight nervous Mm -hmm. system. Or if you're in dorsal, you'll feel depression, shutdown, withdrawal, isolation, hopelessness, helplessness. It's a really dark portion of your nervous system. So it whatever you're feeling, it's just letting you know where your nervous system's Mm -hmm. at. And it's not going to lie. It's going to be telling you which one you're listening to the most. Hmm. So as soon as you become aware of that, let's say you're in dorsal, there's different things that you can do to get yourself to sympathetic. Mm -hmm. You know, if people are shut down and all of a sudden they start feeling really angry, that's awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, because they've moved into sympathetic. And then you can go from sympathetic to ventral. Hmm. which is the socially engaged um, and breathing into your heart or using heart math techniques is brilliant. Uh, getting adjusted takes you into ventral. Hugging someone's going to take you into ventral because it's that social engagement. It's the connection. It, it's the hormone of the ventral system is oxytocin, right? It's that mm-hmm. Everyone knows it's the cuddle hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, but even eye contact, mm-hmm. eye contact takes you into ventral. And I think we've all experienced, even on Zoom, I was on with my sister the other day and she's like cooking dinner and trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. and she doesn't give me eye contact. So to me, it's like she's disconnecting and she's not making me feel safe and heard. Mm. So eye contact, if you are going to Zoom or interact with people on an interface, using eye contact and being very present with them allows them to feel safe. Mm. Yeah, even listening to like classical music and being able to differentiate between all of the different instruments Mm -hmm. is a wonderful way to get into ventro because it's the tone of the music. Even how we talk to one another, it's the tone of the voice that we use. So, um, yeah, it's like if you walk into the kitchen and Brian's not looking at you, you're going to get defensive. You're going to go from ventral into sympathetic, right? Because he's not engaged with you. Mm -hmm. We need that face-to-face contact. Mm -hmm. This is making insanely good sense to me right now. Like my mind is (laughs) blown. Um, it's like, there's so much there. I'm like, I don't even know what question to ask because there's just so much goodness to unpack with what you just shared. I think ultimately like, okay. So giving an example of if you are feeling fear, cause there's those three areas and you shut down. So you're in dorsal. So if you're shut down, how do you get to sympathetic? Because I know you kind of mentioned it, but like walk me through kind of the process that someone could, could do to get to that place, to get out of like that depression and move, move up. That's how I view it. I'm like moving on it. <laughs> right. So dorsal is going to be sh- shut down. So you'll see people if they're laying in Shavasana or something and they have a, like a fearful response that it's that motionless that sometimes is really scary for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so movement's going to be good because that's going to activate the sympathetic okay. nervous system. Okay. So 
most people are depressed. They just want to sit in one spot. Like, they mm-hmm. don't want to move. They're like they literally limp. They, right. They have no energy. So movement's going to be good. Um, if they're in a place, curiosity is going to mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. Just being curious about what they're feeling in their body, not mm-hmm. why they're feeling it, but mm-hmm. and not even an emotion, but just being curious of the sensations and connecting with the body. Um, another brilliant way is to have someone literally just put a hand on their back. Mm-hmm. And that's the co-regulation component to it, mm-hmm. where if I'm in ventral and let's say Keiko's in dorsal, my system will help bring her out of dorsal. Mm-hmm. So that's why body work is so mm-hmm. great if your practitioner is in a place where they're in ventral. Um, listening to music, actively listening to music is a really good way. Another way to um, engage ventral is to move your eyes all the way to the side. Mm. So you look all the way to the right and you hold your eyes there until your body makes almost like a really deep breath or a sigh. And that's engaging ventral. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there's lots. Doing a kayaking type motion mm. through the spine engages ventral. wow okay that's awesome yeah that's really i think that's really helpful to just have some go-to techniques um when when you are or when someone's in that place and i totally now thinking about this and in the different states like i can tell like when i feel really connected to someone like i feel it in my heart like it's like just you know and Mm -hmm. i can tell that's when i'm in that state so that's so so fascinating so yeah you know, you mentioned, you know, as is a community, like coming out of this and, 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 you know, eye contact or hugging or touching. And right now I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, stay away from me. Like, you know, there's this, this, um, gray area and what that is going to do. Like how, how, how do we walk through that with this time that's going on right now? And cause I think about kids too, that are like, I mean, how do you explain this to your kids? And then now they have a, a fear of like hugging someone or touch, you know what I mean? So what do yeah. we, what are the steps that we can take to really like find our way back to that? Because I do think that human to human connection is so important. Totally. We experience this just even slowly opening our doors. Like we're not sure are people open to hugs or do people even want to be touched in the neck area? Mm. So I think as soon as you step out of your house, you have to be just so hyper aware of the sensitivity where everyone is at. Mm-hmm. And it might seem like a lot, but it's simply just asking even questions like, are you okay with a handshake? Or are you comfortable with a hug? And just reading people in a certain way, because you can read people that are a little bit more hesitant and they want to maintain like a six foot distance and they want to respect everyone else's space or you just don't know everyone's personal story. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important just to take in what you do feel because you intuitively will know. Mm-hmm. Like you intuitively know like this person needs a little bit more care for this and I need to respect the boundaries. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, being really aware of the tone you're using with someone mm-hmm. will either shut them down or open them up. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's so important to remember that we are vibrational beings, mm-hmm. right? Our heart literally emits this magnetic field around us that extends three to six feet beyond mm-hmm. our bodies. Mm-hmm. So 
even if we're socially distancing, our fields are still connecting, mm-hmm. right? And you can think of this field as like your cell phone emitting different information. Your field emits different information. And that's what people are picking up on. You know, you walk into your room and you instantly know whether that person is pissed off, you know, or they're shut down or you know what they're feeling, right? And it's your heart that's picking mm-hmm. up on this information. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. And when I learned this in embryo, but the heart actually starts above the head. Mm-hmm. And when the folding happens in the embryo, the heart drops and lands in front of the, like where it is now in our bodies, right? So wow. it's our intuitive organ. It has its own nervous system. It has long-term memory, short-term memory. It has neuroplasticity. Um, and it emits this field of information. So it's not just about becoming coherent in our heads, mm-hmm. right? It's also becoming coherent in our heart nervous mm-hmm. system. And so breathing into your heart and filling yourself up with love and compassion and appreciation, mm-hmm. people will feel that six feet away from you. Mm-hmm. And that's what allows people to engage with one another and feel safe Mm -hmm. you know if someone's really angry you're not going to feel safe in their Mm -hmm. in their field so Mm -hmm. i think that's a really great way to have the space but also be present with one another and um, just love each other from afar because i yeah (laughs) it's so 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 important for our physiology yeah Mm -hmm. And like not and not to underestimate the power of energy and the energy that we that we put out just because we can't see it, it's definitely you yeah. feel it and it's there. Now, what about people that might be more closed off to this that are like and en- like what energy? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> like what? Like how do you open some someone up to that? I think you really have to, if you really focus on creating that energetic connection with yourself, Mm. you will feel it with others. Mm -hmm. And we do this in chiropractic school, you know, as simple as putting your hands on your heart and Mm -hmm. tuning into that, you will feel so much. And if you can't Mm -hmm. get there, think of everything you love, your first love, your first kiss, anything that brings up that emotion, that feeling, that's kind of what coherence you want to be moving through the world in. Mm -hmm. And we can't stay in that all the time, but at least you know it's a good baseline to come back to. Mm -hmm. So if I ever get flustered, I just go hand to heart. Mm -hmm. And it's like a Kodak moment. I just think of the person I love in my mind and it triggers me to come back into that state. Mm -hmm. So energy or not, it's a vibrational universe. We are all energetic mm-hmm. and, you know, we can take it from a philosophical standpoint or we can go very sciencey on it, but it is energy. We all emit these tones and these radio frequencies and they do affect the signaling of how we all connect to each other. Mm-hmm. So I think if you feel yourself and you feel nothing, go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. and get out of your head mm-hmm. and just... Because it's there. We all have this electric potential in us Mm -hmm. and we're still learning so much about it. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't know the heart has a nerve system Mm -hmm. and we're still uncovering. (laughs) We're uncovering so much as we unfold. And this experience is actually allowing us to learn a lot more. It's allowed us to learn more. Oh, I'm sure. Cool. Yeah, And I think if, if you don't believe um, we're electric beings, Things. You just have to go to the hospital and see someone code. And what do they do? They mm. shock them with electricity to bring them back to life. Totally. Right? We are electrical. Our uh-huh. nervous system and our heart are. They're electrical organs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I know it's, it's it, when you really take a step back and you really think about it, it's so true. And like, that's such a big part of our, our being, but just also like the community and, and the people that we attract into our lives as well, based off mm-hmm. of that energy. So yes, right. so, so much. Yes. So my, <laughs> my next question is kind of more on the business side, because I think integrating as a business is, can be, it's a challenge. There's so many things, so many regulations and things that have changed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, same thing. It's like, what do we do? Like it kind of puts people in that freeze mode and then to act in a very reactive way, like not getting ahead of it, but just being like reactive of like this, trying that. So as business owners, how are you handling that? Uh, I mean, we've made every change we can in the studio to make sure that people feel safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are not doing group adjusting Mm -hmm. to make sure that people feel safe. Obviously, we have like a very rigorous cleaning protocol. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's tough. You just you just got to do your best Mm -hmm. and um, adapt and Yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah. And thankfully, like, we can still see people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – I, I think any business industry that, you know, has to deal with personal interaction is going to make adaptive changes. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that it's going to be a permanent adaptive changes, um, but it is. It's something that you just have to take the precautions. It's kind of like when you travel to a foreign country mm-hmm. and – you know, there's, there's customs. Like when I was in Southeast Asia, like I wore skirts that were below my knee and, right. you know, I dressed, I covered my body appropriately because I was in this Muslim Buddhist village mm-hmm. and you just respect the cultural norm. Mm-hmm. And I think for businesses moving forward in a safe way, um, you kind of just have to look at, engage, you know, what's society doing and where do people feel generally safe? Mm-hmm. And we've asked every single one of our clients, you know, if you don't feel safe, what can we do to make you feel safer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of our clients have been super receptive to it. And the fact that we're just taking the extra angle of checking in with people and talking to them more, doing more conversation and communicating with them, um, I think is huge. Communication is going to be the key because hmm. you don't want to leave anything unturned. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're communicating with the people that you're interacting through your business, they know that you see them. They know that you hear them and that you don't see them as just some number. It's okay. I've got you. As soon as you walk through those doors, I've got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key is adaptability and communication. Like you have to yeah. take that stance or, or you just, I mean, yeah, you have to, that comes with like the growing and the evolving. So right. yeah, I think that that's, that is spot on. So if, if people don't feel comfortable, you know, um, interacting with other people yet, and they're still unsure of if they feel safe, what can they do to help with the, their nervous system daily that doesn't require like getting an adjustment or going to a yoga class or like something that they can do to really self-regulate? Yeah, I would do coherence training. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we talked about with breathing into your heart space, so you're just mm-hmm. going to become aware of your heart. You're going to breathe uh, at the count of five, so five in, five out, and then you're going to fill up with positive emotions. Mm. Um, if you want technology and you are data driven, then <laughs> you can pick up like an M Wave Pro from HeartMath mm. or an inner 
I forget the other one, the name of the other one, but you start to train your coherence and you want to increase your heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. Um, And at Kinfolk, we talk about that being your bandwidth, right? We Mm -hmm. want to increase your bandwidth so that you can integrate um, more variables. So higher peaks of challenges and stressors in your life. Um, And the heart rate variability is the perfect way to measure your nervous system's adaptability Mm -hmm. because you don't want to, always be in ventral you don't want to always be in sympathetic or always in dorsal there are places you've gone to survive at different parts of your life and you want the flexibility to go between them and become aware of like oh you know i'm in dorsal i don't want to be here Mm -hmm. right i want to get into sympathetic right yeah so every single one of them there's no bad guy i mean the body is not designed that way right they're all serving its purpose right so having flexibility to go between the different states and uh, coherence training would be great for that. Yeah. Cause I love that you yeah. said that. Cause there is not, it's not a bad guy. It's to me, it's all information. And right. when, when you are in that state, you're like, Oh, this is like that awareness. Oh, this is where I'm at. Like, why, like, why am I here right now? What was, what was happening before? Yeah. So I think that that's exactly. so true. It's just having that space to be curious and know that you will go in and out of those waves. And it's not realistic to be in rainbows and butterfly land. And then you also <laughs> don't want to be in the darkness. So it is that, that ebb right. and flow for sure. Uh, something that I've been doing during this time with the challenges, cause you know, challenges are I think, I mean, that's what changes us. It's what forces us to grow uh, and, and any sort of struggle. But I've been choosing challenges each week that like I pick because it's hard and I like have to, I have resistance towards it and a lot of it's like running, uh, but I do it anyway because I think that it strengthens my resilience and helps me really regulate my nervous system. It's like if I'm actively choosing to go run up that mountain and whatever it is that's challenging me. Like, I, like personally, I don't know if this is true or not. I feel like it's strengthening me and building resilience in a different way because I'm choosing the challenge. So then when another, right. when I'm faced with a challenge that I don't choose, like a pandemic and like, you know, all of, all of the stuff that's come with it, I feel more confident in my ability to take a challenge on and not shut down, which I used to do is just completely shut down if I didn't know like I would disassociate or like, you know, reach for my phone. So it's like trying to shift that perspective of how I take challenges. Yeah. And you know this more than anyone, but you grow at that border of support and challenge. Mm -hmm. So the more you do encourage yourself to challenge yourself to a healthy max, you get to increase that bandwidth and you get more feedback into where you're at. So I think it's a beautiful way. I love that you go running because you get into your body mm-hmm. and our body is full of potential. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're connecting with that on a daily basis and you're aware of the connection, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a time to just do a meaningless disconnected workout. Mm-mm. Like you really honor where you are and you get in your body and really yeah. feel it. Yeah. That's why I think movement, like there's one thing that I've been like hammering home to my clients, to anybody. I'm like, I don't care what you do. Just move your body. (laughs) If you dance, if you run, even if it's just a walk, like just move your body. You have to move your body and be in it and be present with what's going on. Cause it is, it's like, it's so powerful, but um, and I know from my experience, I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my body. Like I did, had no idea mm-hmm. until I started getting adjustments. And then I was like, oh, 
this is what's going on. I didn't know. And now I'm more connected to my body and my feelings more than I ever have. Like, I think I felt more in 2020 than I have I mean, my whole life, probably really, uh, like actual feelings. Only May, Brittany. It's only yeah, May. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. It's been a, it's been a emotional year and um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I really am. I mean, it's been a lot of crying, but it's fine because it's like actually feeling and not associating the feelings as bad or good because it's just a vibration. And that's what I've really taken from this time is like the emotions that we have, we're so quick to be like, that's bad. I can't feel sadness. I can't feel mm. anger. Like that's a bad thing. But instead it's just information and it is, it's a vibration. And I've learned that if you don't interrupt it, if you just let yourself feel and actually feel it lasts like 90 seconds. Like really, if I put a timer and I'm like, okay, here's sadness. All right, come on in sadness. Let's see how long you last for. It's like 90 seconds. And then it's like such a release. So that's okay. kind of been, I mean, another takeaway that I've experienced too. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't feel sadness, you can't feel happy, right? Totally. The movie Inside Out yeah. taught me that. And I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, really good movie. That's a really good movie. A, I, I I cried so hard in that movie. I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for for doing this, for sharing your gifts. Um, you both have such a gift for explaining something that seems so confusing and complex, and you make it so easy to understand. Um, and yeah, and just being able to integrate. Um, into into our, our our life again. So I just appreciate you both so much for taking the time for doing doing your work in this world. It is so important, and more people uh, need to understand it so they can understand themselves and realize that there's nothing wrong with them, and it's a beautiful <laughs> place to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having yes. us, Brittany. Oh my God. It's so much fun. Really That's so it. great. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't wait to come and get an adjustment. I'm planning on coming in next week. It's going to be glorious. I can't wait. My nervous system, <laughs> even just talking about getting an adjustment, I can feel my nervous system being like, you're going back. Yay. <laughs> like, <I> <laughs> You're already responding, virtually. Yeah, responding. <laughs> training you for that. My stress yeah. headache that I had about 45 minutes ago is gone. So you guys have a magical power from even all the way over there on the interweb. So thank you. And <laughs> thank I will you. make sure that if anyone listening wants your information, um, I will make sure it's in the show notes. And if they have any questions that want to go a little bit deeper with these topics or need clarity, mm -hmm. they can reach out and we can kind of guide them along the way. Oh, how about that? Ooh, so good. Such a good conversation. They are such a wealth of information. And just talking to them literally calms my nervous system. I am not going to lie. I had a very long couple weeks in the best way possible. My boss, she's a real stickler and hasn't given me any time off. Uh, that boss is me, but even just having that conversation energized me in a way that I haven't felt before. Oh, is that so Benji? He agrees. Anyway, if you got anything from this episode, 
tag us in it. I want to know your thoughts and if there's anything that you are implementing to help self-regulate and to integrate back into our day-to-day life. You know, it's been a wild, interesting, hard, challenging couple weeks, but I really do believe that this opportunity was presented to us to really show us what we are made of uh, individually, but also as a community and globally. So if you have the time after listening to this episode, just take a moment to reflect back on the past couple weeks, past couple months, and just see where you have grown and see what challenges that you have faced that have made you stronger on the other side. I believe we have a long way to go, but these are the steps that we can take towards really not just surviving right now, but thriving. And it's just, it's so interesting. Anyway, I'm rambling. It's been a long week. I am taking the weekend off. No screens in front of my eyeballs for at least 24 hours, but I hope that you are doing well. And if you need a little help kind of finding practices that help you self-regulate and help you be centered and grounded, I have a free happiness checklist for you on my website. So head on over to my website, download the checklist. It is free. It is for you. And if you do these practices daily, I promise you that you will be feeling good in no time. All right. That's it, my friend. Remember, love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it. Until next time.